on the front row, and she's preaching this morning. And I, before she comes, I just want you to know we're in for a treat. This lady is an author. She's a mama. She is a leader. She is a teacher. She has a powerful singing voice. Make you cry. And I just want to know, we've known this lady for over 20 years, and I just can't believe that she is actually going to be moving here to be a part of this house. So church, I wondered if you would mind standing to your feet and welcoming Pat as she comes and preaches. Because of what I'm going to be talking to you about today, the fear of the Lord, I, I believe I want to start with just the chorus of a song that I recently heard. And it says, blood and tears. How can it be there's a God who weeps, there's a God who bleeds, I'll praise the one who reached for me, hallelujah to the son of suffering. Blood and tears, how can it be? There's a God who weeps, there's a God who bleeds. I'll praise the one who reached for me. Hallelujah to the son of suffering. I'll praise the one who reached for me. Hallelujah to the son of suffering. Father, as we begin this morning, I'm so glad that you reached for me. And I know there are probably everybody in this room can say the same, that you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And we are so eternally grateful. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy of glory and honor. You're worthy, Lord. You're the one who's worthy of laying our lives down for. There's no one like you. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you. You're worthy to receive glory and honor and riches and wisdom and strength 
and honor and glory and blessing. Who is like you, Lord? None like you in the heavens. And there's none like you in the earth. You are a God who keeps covenant. And you're a God who shows great mercy. And we are so thankful for you today. We thank you so much. We thank you so much. We thank you so much. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. And Lord, even as we get into the word this morning, I'm trusting you, Holy Spirit, to say so much more than I could ever say. To take these words and not let one word of yours fall to the ground, Lord, but just write it on our hearts. I bless your name. We bless your name. We thank you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. So, I'm going to be talking about the fear of the Lord, the path to intimate friendship with God. Growing in relationship with our Heavenly Father. Once we've been born again, thank you, into the family of God, the Holy Spirit is then able to give us the understanding of how we can progressively find fulfillment in the most exciting relationship of our lives, the most exciting relationship we could ever have. And that is friendship with God. And I just want to there's so much. I want to challenge you, you know, to just kind of do a word study on how much the Bible has to say about the fear of the Lord, about the fear of the Lord. So just want to read a few of them to you, and, and uh, then we're going to pray some more at the end, and then we'll be, I don't know what we'll be. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be wrecked in the presence of God. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today. And I love the fact that he says, and it's for your own good. Is for your own good. The spirit of the Lord spoke through me, and this is David talking here in 2 Samuel 23. The spirit of the Lord spoke through me, and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said it, and the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over mankind righteously, who rules in the fear of God, is like the light of the morning when the sun rises. He who rules, can you just imagine if we lived in a nation where we were ruled over by someone who fears the Lord? In our states, in our cities, in our nation, that the fear of the Lord was flooding Capitol Hill. I guarantee you things would look different. The fear of the Lord to honor and to reverence and to respect God 
In 2 Chronicles 19, 4-7, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord. Turned them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. He appointed judges in the land in each of the fortified cities of Judah. He told them, consider carefully what you do because you are not judging for mere mortals. But they were standing, judging in the place of God. And he was encouraging them to be careful to walk in the fear of God, that the fear of God would be upon them. That's a prayer that I pray for myself and my family every day, that the fear of God would mark us. Isaiah 33, 5 and 6, the Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. I want to spend a little bit of time here on this next one in Psalm 25. It says, he leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Now, even before we get to the fear of the Lord in this, there's, it's, it's just, it's rich in instruction for us. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Who does he teach his way? The humble. So often God reminds us in the scripture how much he hates pride. And it's so easy for us to get into pride. Pride knows how to disguise itself in many different ways. The scripture tells us God gives grace to the humble. And he resists the proud. I tell people all the time, I, I can afford for you to resist me. I cannot afford for God to resist me. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Notice his demands, not his suggestions. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. I could have written this Forgive my many, many sins and put a few more minis on there. <laughs> who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Now, I want to back up a little bit. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. So, so often, we're in a place where we need guidance, where we need to know which way to go. But the scripture says, when we fear God, when we honor and reverence him, he'll show us. He'll show us the path that we should choose. It says the Lord is a friend to those who fear him, and he teaches them his covenant. 
And when I read this, even though um, we're in a new covenant, Hebrews tells us it's a better covenant with better promises. But I would dare to say that most of us haven't even scratched the surface of the benefits of the new covenant. There's so much more in the covenant that we have because of the blood of Jesus. But the scripture is telling us that when we walk in the fear of the Lord, it says the Lord will teach us. Not Pat Broom, not Dan. The Lord will teach us about his covenant. He's the one that knows what it includes. He's the one that knows the advantages that we have overlooked. And so often I know that the enemy beats us up because we don't know things that are included in our covenant with God. And so we take a lot of junk from the devil that we don't have to because we belong to the Lord. We belong to the king and ruler of the universe, the one who created it all. We belong to him. We belong to him. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. So he says, my eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. And sometimes the traps of my enemies are the way I think. My enemies can be thoughts that I have that do not line up with the word of God. The enemy is not always someone who's standing in front of you, opposing you. Sometimes the enemy is in here (laughs) and is opposing. It is the flesh and the soulish mind opposing the spirit man who wants to walk after the things of God. Proverbs 8.13 says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And I believe the first place you hate evil is evil that's in me and you. It's not the evil that's in somebody else. It's, ev- it's easy to hate the evil that's in somebody else. <laughs> You know, it's so easy for us to see all of that, you know, to point out what's wrong with everybody else. But, oh, my goodness, when we start shedding tears over the evil that's in us and asking the Holy Spirit to deliver us from the evil that's in us. And there's things, you know, I, I love in our humanity we, we do things that we don't want to call evil because it's us. You know, we don't want to label it. The Holy Spirit has no problem labeling it and telling you that's evil. I hate pride and arrogance. And just, you know, I love, I love this country. But we can be so proud and arrogant. We can be so proud. Deliver us from pride and from arrogance. Evil behavior and perverse speech. And a lot of times I I have, especially if I'm talking to um, teenagers, I have to let them know, well, no, 
adults too. I have to let them know <laughs> that perverse speech is not, is not just cussing. Perverse speech is any speech that, number one, is opposed to the word of God and does not minister like, um, I think it's in Ephesians 4, that talks about that your word should minister grace to the hearer. You know, I just had to, I just, for some reason, God in his humor, all year, I'm single, I've been single all my life. All year, I've had married people calling me. All year. And one of the things that I've had to say, and I don't want any comments from the men. None. <laughs> one of the things I've had to say to the women is, you didn't say that, did you? Did you say it like that? I don't think you should have said that. I think, you know, I had to say, I had to reach and say perverse speech. I didn't say perverse speech. But I said, um, abuse, you probably heard this, uh, from two words, abnormal use. And when you don't know the proper use for something, you abuse it. And so I've had to say to some of my female friends, wives, You've been verbally abusive because you have been using words in ways that they were not intended. Ministering grace to the hearer does not always mean that you can't correct. Doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you have to agree. It doesn't even always mean that you have to whisper. But it has to do with the intent of your heart. And I had to challenge a few people to say, when you said that, your intention was to hurt. Your intention was to do damage. Your intention was to make the person feel bad. It was not to minister grace to the hearer. So perverse speech is anything, anything that does not minister the grace of God. Even if it's something you're saying about yourself. A good rule of thumb is don't say anything about yourself or anybody else that God hasn't said about them. And the fear of the Lord will help you. When you fear God, it will help you. Psalms 34 says, come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. One translation says speaking guile. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Look for it. Seek peace and pursue it. Live at peace with all men. I think one of the writers said, as much as is within your power. Yeah, it's true. You can't make everybody be at peace with you. But you can do your part. And a lot of that starts with 
Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn, turn. In other words, repent. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. One of my um, convictions and one of the things that can bring me to tears about myself as a part of God's church is that on the whole, I don't think we represented Christ very well. I believe that a lot of people are through with the church and they're through with church people, but they're really not through with Jesus. And so, oh, there's so many times that I have to say to the Lord, please help me to represent you better. Please help me. Please help me to represent you better. I want Jesus to receive the reward of his suffering. I can stand when I when I look at when I look at anything, you know, I've been here before, you probably heard me mention about the passion of the Christ. Let me just say this. When I saw the beating scene, it changed my life. I said, okay. When the scripture says, by his stripes we are healed, and Mel Gibson did a depiction of what he thought the stripes was like, I made up my mind, I cannot accept a cold. I cannot. I cannot, nope. I feel like any, anything, any, I feel like sickness and disease is a trespass on my body. It doesn't mean that I don't have to fight that. It, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't go to the doctor. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that I stand on the word. I stand on the word. Period. I remember, and I, I may have told this if I did, forgive me. But I remember when I was going through just the whole cancer thing. And, um, and I had to tell my church, <laughs> I went to church one day and, and uh, you know, it, I mean, if you can, many people go through it and they, it's horrible. The, you know, their strength is sapped and all of that kind of stuff. God gave me a strong body. And so I went through chemotherapy. I got, I got weak and there were times that I couldn't go certain places. But for the most part, I know that I came through um, a lot with a lot less, what do I want to say, suffering and trauma that a lot of people do. So I realized that. But I went one day, and I was really kind of unsure. I had to walk with a cane for a while and all that, and I fell. No, so I'm on the floor, and they are absolutely through. They are upset. Some of them are crying. I am on the floor laughing. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So when I got up, I said, listen, I said, let's, let's make one thing clear. I said, I believe the word. The word says, by his stripes, I'm healed, period. If you come and walk by me in a casket, 
by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not backing up off the word, period. That's it. We're not going to negotiate the word of God. We're not going to negotiate the suffering that took place at Calvary because of our experience. That's one of the things that gets us in trouble. We try to bring what the Bible says down to our experience. No. We look at what the Bible says, and if our lives don't look like that, we say, okay, Lord, you said this. This is not what my life looks like. Please show me what I need to do to change. Because how many of you know when he says in Isaiah 1, come let us reason together? It's not like sitting down with the union and bargaining at the union table where you give a little, they give a little. He's not giving. You coming over to his side of the table. That's, that's it. That's it. Okay. So, walking in the fear of God, walking, living, walking in the fear of God. How do you do that? Number one, I'm sure you could add, but these are, these are going to be the biggies. Forsake all known sin. Now, for some people right there, you can stop right there, because there are some things you, you're doing that you already know. You already know it's sin. You don't need anybody to come and tell you. No. You don't need any more conviction. You're convicted enough. You know it's sin. Walk away. Walk away. Put away any doubtful practices. Now, now I've taught this about um, the fear of God before, and I've always had people say, well, what is that? Well, that's those things that when you approach it, there's a question mark. It could be something you do. It could be someplace you go. It could be something you watch. But you're aware that there's not really an, an amen on the inside. You may not have a strong no about it, but there's a question mark. So when there's a question mark, you know, I just say leave it alone. Because you know, God knows how to say yes. He knows how to be absolute, you know. And it, it would be better. And th th let me just say this, too. There are things that other people may be able to do. But you know the Holy Spirit is telling you can't do that. So that's where, you know, we talk about that. We love to say Jesus is a personal savior. Well, that's where it gets personal. You have to walk with God so that you know what you can do when it comes to some of those gray areas. Nope, I can't do that. When, when I got, I come from a musical family. And so music is, it speaks to me very, very loudly. And I grew up in the Motown era, which many of the young people probably never even heard of that. I don't know what the world that is. But um, I grew up in the Motown era, and, um, and, and moving forward, when I got serious about the Lord, I was probably about 27 or 28 years old. Um, but one of the first things that happened was the Holy Spirit began to say, 
Um, you got to get rid of that. Now, we had records. I know. I know. I know. Eight-track tapes. I know. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, it was like you can't listen to that because music had a different effect on me than it had on a lot of other people. Now, I couldn't go around telling other people they couldn't listen to it. And, and a lot of times, that's what we try to do. We try to bring everybody into our conviction. No. The Lord had to tell me more than once, unfortunately, that I am not the Holy Spirit. That's not my middle name. My mother didn't even think about naming me that, you know. But, but yeah, I would try to convict people of stuff that I was convicted about. No. And the fear of the Lord, I'll tell you, when you fear God and you want to honor and reverence him, it just, it keeps you from so much pain and trauma and drama and, you know, all the other stuff. So anyway, put away doubtful practices. If there's a question mark, just leave it alone. Obey the Holy Spirit instantly. Now, I want to say this about the instant. Sometimes you may hear something, you know, speak to you or you feel something, and you may not be sure whether it's the Holy Spirit. So I'm not saying every little voice you hear, jump off and do that. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is as soon as you know that it's the Holy Spirit, then obey. As soon as you know. Confess and declare the lordship of Jesus Christ over your life regularly. Regularly. Rewards for those who fear the Lord. There's many, but I just chose just this, these couple, couple things that I wanted to share. In Malachi 3.16, it says, Then they that fear the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. That is so exciting. The Lord heard. Those that feared the Lord, they talked to each other about the Lord and about how good he is and about how much he deserves our praise and our worship and how worthy he is. It says, and the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it and hearkened. And a book of remembrance was made about them. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. They shall be mine. Can't get any better than that. And the Lord saying, <laughs> the Lord saying, they shall be mine. Those, they belong to me. In the day when I make up my jewels. And you know, the thing about jewelry is when you have jewels, you, you put them in a protected place. You don't just leave the jewels out on the doorstep. You know, people get insurance on, on jewelry sometime. But it's precious. It is to be treasured. 
And to me, these scriptures are saying, when we set our hearts to fear the Lord, that we become his treasures. We become his treasures. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. Um, we were talking yesterday in a, in a meeting. It was mentioned about how, how knowledge is increasing in our day. And I was thinking, even when we were talking about, wouldn't it be great if wisdom was increasing at the same rate as knowledge? <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting smarter and smarter with what we know, but it's almost like we're getting dumber and dumber with what we do. <laughs> you know? We need the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom of God. And then the last scripture that, um, well, a few scriptures that I want to share with you. These have, this has been my personal um, meditation, prayer, um, just from a, from a revelation that God brought to me. From Isaiah 11. And um, it was read today about the seven spirits of God that are before the throne. Okay. Yeah. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. So we know ultimately that this particular um, prophetic word that was given to Isaiah, we know that it was talking about Jesus. Okay. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might or of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. Now, there's a few things, you know, as I have been really praying into this and meditating on this, um, this year, one of the things that came to me was the word delight. He would delight in the fear of the Lord. And I said, I said, Lord, I, I don't understand how to do that. Now, you know, God knows that's not the only thing I don't understand in the Bible. But um, to delight in the fear of the Lord. But then God reminded me of the scripture where it talks about Jesus again. And it says, he says, I delight to do your will, O God. And the question came to me about the marriage of those two scriptures. That the reason that he could delight to do the will of God, even though that will took him to Calvary, was because he delighted in the fear of God. He delighted in honoring God. He delighted in respecting and reverencing his father. He delighted in only doing that which was pleasing to his father. And so because of that, he could delight in the will of God. He could delight in the will of God. And so my, my 
my, I don't know if I should say my encouragement, that's a good word. My encouragement to you this morning is to, to ask God to take these scriptures into prayer and to ask God to help you personally to have the spirit of the fear of the Lord on your life and for it to increase in your life, that the fear of God would mark your heart, that you would not want to do anything that dishonors or displeases him because he's so worthy of praise. 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 I, I was, um, I'm a chosen fan <laughs> of the TV series. And um, one of the things that I really liked that the writers did at the very last um, episode of season two, when they had Jesus and um, working on the Sermon on the Mount. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount with Matthew. And, um, you know, he, he, he tells them he has to, you know, do a little bit more work because Matthew challenges them on the way it's supposed to start, you know, the starting point as they had it. And he comes back, Jesus comes back to Matthew and he says, I have it. He says, um, it's a map. It's a map. And then he starts to go on with what we know, I said, is the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs will be the kingdom of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And he goes on and on and on. And so Matthew says, why do you call it a map? And Jesus says, because when people want to find me, they look for groups of people that look like this. The pure in heart, the meek, the peacemakers. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted to speak to you about today, I was thinking, it's the fear of the Lord that helps us get there. It's the fear of the Lord that helps us become the map so that people can find Jesus. Because we are living in a world where there's so many people that are hurting. So many. And the scripture says we are the light of the world. We are the light. We are the light. And no matter when you're born again, yeah, you can be born again. And maybe you're born again and you got 15 watts worth of light. <laughs> but God forbid... I've been walking with the Lord all these years and I'm still at 15. No. I believe with all my heart that as we walk in the fear of the Lord, we should become a 25 and a 40 and a 60. We should be brighter and our lives should be such that we become so transparent that we don't block people's ability to see Jesus. That when people look at us, they can look through us and they can see the Lord. 
in the way we treat them, in the way we speak to them, in the way we honor them. You know, the Bible says, honor all men, honor all men, all, honor all men. That's what the scripture says. It doesn't say honor them if they look a certain way, if they smell a certain way. Honor them if they have good jobs. Honor them if they're not single parents with three or four kids by three or four different men. It just says honor. What would happen, church, if we honored people, if we respected people, and if we saw the treasure and the image of God? I'm telling you, the fear of the Lord will help you get there. It'll help you get there. I, I know I'm not there, but oh my goodness, I want to be there. I tell God all the time, I say, Lord, if you don't change, change me 10 years from now, I'll be the same. <laughs> I'm believing God. There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 2. And it says, I hope I don't mess it up. It says, the one who makes people holy and the ones who are being made holy says Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. When I found that scripture, the one who makes people holy, oh my goodness, I became so happy because I realized all over again, I can pray into that. And I say to the Lord, you promised. It's written here in your word that you would make me holy. You promised, Lord. You said you're the one who makes people holy. Well, I'm the other part of the scripture. I'm the one who's being made holy. And Jesus is not ashamed. Father, you are so good. You are so amazingly good to us. We thank you so much. We thank you so much, Lord. We are leaning heavily upon your word that you are the one who makes us holy. You are the one and we're depending on you to keep your word. You know we can't do it. We cannot make ourselves holy. The best we can do, Lord, is some band-aids and some patched up pitiful stuff and we come off looking like Pharisees <laughs> with a bunch of self-righteous foolishness. But oh, when you do the work, when you do the work, it's well done. And so we bless your name this morning. We bless your name, Father. And we ask you just to continue working in us and on us. Help us never to resist 
the molding hand of the potter in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. Whew. You feel blessed today? In John 1, it says, Jesus came full of two things grace and truth. Not half and half, full and full. It's like two wings of our own aeroplane. Grace and truth. Truth doesn't work without grace, and grace doesn't work without truth. And when we see representations of Christ himself, it's the perfect wielding of the sword and grace at the same time. So when we feel the word of God correct us, if we fear him, we'll yield to him. But it never comes without being full of grace. Isn't that amazing? It never comes. He's full of grace and truth. And Pat, I just want to thank you. I feel like going to a chiropractor and getting an adjustment. It hurts, but it's good. It's for our good. And I felt like the Word of God has adjusted today. But before we just race off, I just, I don't want to miss moments in God. And I just want to ask you, if you can, just quietly stand. Just gently stand. And when you stood to your feet, if I could just ask you to close your eyes. Many years ago, we had a man named Darren Wilson with us. He used to live in the area. He's a friend of this house who wrote, who made the movies The Finger of God and Holy Ghost. And, and he was preaching here on a Sunday one time, and he said this. He said, we often say, Lord, do we, can we need to trust God. But he posed this question, can God trust us? As Pat was speaking today, I thought, Lord, I want you to be able to trust me with what you've given me. And I want to pose that to all of us today. Can God trust us? Because the fear of the Lord, the awe, living in awe of him is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is applied knowledge. But with your eyes closed, and if I just ask you, just close your eyes for a moment. Don't look around. Just and closing your eyes, it's just so that you can not be distracted. Jesus came to destroy everything that came to destroy you and me. And as Pat was speaking, I was writing the notes and following the scriptures and reminded again that justice was served at Calvary justice was served at Calvary and as she was reading those scriptures thinking about justice that justice was served and so often we want justice but you know the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Jesus became sin and it was so ugly that the father had to turn his face and Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because the cross was so ugly. It was full of sickness and sin and shame. 
And I just wanted to have this moment today rather than just go, oh, that was good and got some notes to take away. But to stand in his presence together, having heard truth full of grace, for us in this moment just to have this moment with Jesus where we say Jesus when I look at those four points to forsake all known sin to put away doubt or doubtful practices to obey the Holy Spirit instantly I didn't write down the fourth one but just James says if we hear the word but we don't do it we deceive ourselves so right now in this moment can you just talk to him talk to him and if you need to put stuff right put it right and repentance just means to change your mind it's recognition of wrongdoing it's remorse and redirection saying I recognize I did it and asking for forgiveness and you know what 1 John 1 9 says if if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness and when God forgives us as far as the east is from the west he removes watch this our transgressions from us and he remembers them no more so God doesn't remember so often the enemy who's the accuser of the brethren reminds of us our sin that Jesus no longer even remembers and some of you right now you need to forgive yourself Jesus has already forgiven you you need to forgive you some of you need to forgive other people and by that say I forgive you I forgive you some of you right now may need to forgive people that are no longer even alive. I release you. You owe me nothing. I forgive you. And finally, just with your eyes closed, I just, I don't want to miss this. But some of you today need, listen carefully to me, to give your whole heart to Jesus. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. And this is why I'm saying this for some, it is, do you know it is possible to be in meetings all your life? To have grown up in Sunday school? Do you know it's possible to have read your whole Bible from back to front a hundred times and still not actually know Him? It's possible to know about him, to have even encountered him, to experienced him. But today, if you're like, I don't really know him, I, I want to. I want you to just pray this prayer with me. And I want you to pray it from yourself, from your own heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, here I am today all of me and I, and I recognize today Jesus that I have missed the mark what the Bible calls sin and I recognize today 
There is nothing I can do to get rid of this sin. Jesus, today, I want to say thank you for dying on that cross, for carrying my sin, my sickness, and my shame. And today, I ask that you would forgive me. Forgive me for the things I've done, for the choices that I've made, where I missed the mark. I couldn't do it. I thank you that because you knew that I couldn't do it, you sent one that could. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I ask that you would forgive me because you're the only one that can for that sin. And today, I give you my whole heart, all of me. I give it to you. My sin, my shame, my pride, my disappointments. thank you that you know me better than I know myself. You knew me before I was in my mother's womb. You know me. You formed me. You shaped me. I ask that today on August 15th 2021 would be a day where I can know you, not just know about you, and all of this junk, and all of this stuff, which I could never possibly try and figure out, you'd take it all. I'm asking you to do that, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. I want to learn to really love you and to know you for the rest of my life. Amen. 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 I'm going to finish the meeting. I know we have another meeting tonight. I don't want to embarrass anyone and God doesn't want to embarrass people. But a few of us are going to wait here at the end and if you're on the prayer team, ministry team, leadership team, if you can just be aware of people coming forward. But if you're just like, man, I I prayed that prayer. <laughs> or I'd like someone to pray for me because I'm still dealing with shame or sickness or sin. Somebody here would just love to pray with you. We would love to. It's an honor to lead you to the father of a great family. So again, Pat, I just want to thank you for ministering today. You're going to get to know Pat a lot. She's just a blast to be around.
But church, I'm going to dismiss the meeting and go and say hi to somebody. But if you're just like, man, I'm not done. God's not done with me. I feel my heart's opening and I, I want to keep it open. I want God to continue to minister to me. And you want someone to help you or you want someone to minister with you or talk to you. Just come and linger around at the end. Amen. So, Father, thank you again for this day. We thank you for every opportunity we have to be together. As your word says, the gathering of the saints. We thank you for the privilege that we have to live in a nation where we can worship you freely. That we can use your name freely. We thank you for the earth and what's happening in your world. Lord, we declare peace across this earth. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Why don't you go and say hi to someone and have an amazing afternoon. It's a beautiful day.